In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Quarterback. Stafford, step it up. Going left side. Watch Calvin. And so got him. Oh, baby, that was a rocket. And it's picked off. Intercepted by Darius Slade. No one will catch him. Touchdown, Hello and welcome to another episode of the Michael Rothstein Show. I am your host, Michael Rothstein. This episode brought to you by Indeed and by Bet Online. Go check them out because it's, you know, that time of year. So today, as I mentioned on yesterday's show, we're going to dive into a first look at some potential. This is not going to be a completely comprehensive list, but potential general manager candidates for the Detroit Lions. And we'll get into some of those in a little bit here. And like I said, not a comprehensive list. There are going to be other people out there. And we're going to be talking about this stuff and the head coaching search and a bunch kind of future stuff for the franchise, a a lot over the next five weeks. And then sprinkle in, obviously, some game stuff and some other stuff and hopefully some interviews here and there as well. But before we get to any of that, uh, I wish I had mentioned this yesterday because yesterday was giving tuesday but it is now wednesday but i'm still recording this on giving tuesday so i'm gonna count it consider if you will and if you've listened to this podcast at all if you listen to thanksgiving episode i talked a little bit about my friend chris snow and his fight with als and if you follow him at all on twitter chris snow cgy is the assistant gm for the calgary flames so if you're a hockey person He's somebody you should be following anyway, but he's been do- he and his wife Kelsey have been documenting documenting Chris's battle with ALS, and he actually got a feeding tube yesterday, and he tweeted about it a bit, and is luckily able to go home now, and is you know ready to live, and you know very sadly he he even it says it that you know by all prognoses he should be dead, and he's thankfully very very much alive, so. Why am I bringing this up? Well, it is Giving Tuesday, and if you have any money to spare, anything like that, I would just say where I would be asking if I'm going to kind of get on that soapbox is to maybe consider giving to any sort of ALS charity you would like. Ones that Chris has been working with specifically uh, is the Calgary Flames Foundation, and they have uh, something called Snowy Strong. And if you want to donate there, and then also through the University of Miami, they have been doing things as well. And and Chris has been working with some of them as there's been some clinical trials that have been going on um, that have been working because Chris is still here, which is awesome. And, uh, you know, I can't just so happy about that. And he's, you know, he's my guy, man. But, uh, 
University of Miami, as I said, there is, you can donate there to their medical center and their medical area. There's specific stuff. It's through the University of Miami Health System, the Miller School of Medicine. Uh, there is a section for ALS. I think if you type in Chris's name, Chris Snow, you hopefully will be able to find it if you want to donate to them personally. And yeah, uh, just, you know, we're trying to fight this thing, trying to fight this disease. And, uh, you know, medical research helps that. So if you'd be so inclined, that'll be awesome. If not, listen, I know everybody's having tough times right now. So I totally get that. But I figured if you were looking for a place to maybe throw a few dollars, um, just wanted to throw it out there. So anyway, to Lions news, uh, and there's no good way for me to obviously transition from that, but to Lions news, Corey Undlin, Braden Combs, and Sean Ryan, the team's quarterbacks coach, spoke on Tuesday. Nothing majorly relevatory out of that. Uh, you know, both Corey Undlin and Braden Combs expressed how you know sad they were that Matt Patricia lost his job because, let's be honest, Matt Patricia took a chance on both of them. Braden specifically saying that, you know, people he was even closer to in the league never took a chance on him as a coordinator. And Matt Patricia did and basically brought him in and said, hey, you go run special teams. I trust you. Uh, clearly, as I've said a few times, I think that was Matt Patricia's best move in his two and a half years was was hiring Braden because of what he's been able to do for their special teams. And he's been revelatory in that area. So it was interesting to hear both of them talk about Matt Patricia and, and Corey Undlin called Matt Patricia his best friend in coaching, which we know is true. And he always said it's like having your really good friend call you and asking you to help him out with something and then you show up and it doesn't happen and, and you don't, it doesn't work and you fail. And, and that was pretty sobering to hear. I recommend going and listening to both of their press conferences, if nothing else, to hear about kind of how they've been dealing with the emotion of of changes. I asked Sean Ryan about that too, how he deals with it. And he basically said, you know, he talks to his people about it, but he trying to tries not to dwell on it, but you know, everybody knows it's the reality of coaching and, and that's just the truth of it. And Jim Caldwell even talked about that a little bit. He was on the Adam Schefter podcast on Tuesday. Uh, that was actually a really illuminating interview as well. It's the second time I've heard Caldwell talk in the last few months. Caldwell said he does absolutely want to, to get into coaching again he sold himself on being kind of someone who is a leader and brings players together so things that we absolutely saw in Detroit luckily he is healthy now he said he's down 30 pounds and that's awesome and it was it was good to hear his voice and, and hear him tell some stories again it was really interesting some of the stuff that he had gotten into while he was away for the three years, he actually spent some time with the Minnesota Vikings, kind of learning everything that they do as they welcomed him, welcomed him into their facility. And he was obviously working with Miami. He has a ton of respect for Brian Flores. And he has been doing a bunch of studies. He studied every one of Deshaun Watson's third downs recently, which I thought was super interesting. He did. He has had some people to do some studies on Kyler Murray to learn a little bit more about their offense. He said he's been working a lot with some young coaches. So it'll be interesting to see where those young coaches end up. So it was a really illuminating interview with Jim Caldwell. He hasn't talked much lately. He was really good on Glover Quinn's podcast. I would say he was equally good on Adam Schefter's podcast. So take a listen to that if you haven't already. I highly recommend it. 
And we'll just kind of jump to the break a little bit early. That way you guys can just listen to all the GM stuff right after we come out of it. So stay tuned here at the Michael Ross. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over, much to the happiness of probably everybody. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. That's right, no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new New way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month according to Comscore total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast, faster than even Matt Prater's 59-yard field goal went through the uprights. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And football, as we have seen, is very much back in full swing. And you might not be at a game this year only 500 or so people can be in Lions games over the last couple of home games, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day. Every day, head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use that promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, back to our show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Hopefully, you were able to either tolerate or listen to the first part of that as you know i don't always like to show for things but i truly believe in the importance of als research and as i've talked about a few times on this podcast um anything that's possible to try and and help my friend and and help anyone else that's going through this horrific disease is it's not up in calgary obviously so i haven't been able to see chris firsthand but uh you know, talking to him and texting with him and, and knowing and reading what Kelsey writes about it. It's, you know, it's, it's just hard. And, and I feel for any family that has to go through anything when it comes to ALS. So let's talk some general managers. 
and we'll start with Ed Dodds, the assistant general manager in Indianapolis. So before joining the Colts, he worked in Seattle for 10 years. He was basically their executive responsible for both scouting both pro and college players. So he's got experience on both sides of the scouting aisle. That is important, especially when you're talking about a first-time general manager. So he didn't come up just in college scouting or just in pro scouting before he got a high title. He was briefly with the Raiders as well early in his career. I think it's influential that he was with the Colts and the Seahawks, two successful organizations, two high-level general managers, maybe two of the best general managers in the game, in John Schneider in Seattle and Chris Ballard in Indianapolis. John Schneider is going to be a guy that is going to be a theme throughout, I think, a lot of these candidates as well because Seattle has done just such a good job with identifying talent in the draft and identifying talent that works in free agency. And there's a reason that they are one of the most consistent teams in the NFL over the last decade plus. And unlike say Pittsburgh or unlike new England uh, or unlike even green Bay, they have done it in a situation where for a long time they were not a super successful franchise. They were a very middling franchise, and this crew has really done it and done it well, in my opinion. So the other thing we're going to do after kind of I give you a brief rundown of each GM candidate is I'll give you kind of some ties that they have from previous stops that they worked at. These are not comprehensive ties. They're just ties I was able to do from a little bit of research. And we don't know necessarily who they know through other forms or fashions because that happens through college, through mutual friends. Like all of these things happen and it's still early in the process. But it just could give you an idea of if you hear from GMA or about GMA, Maybe they might talk to coach A, B, C, or D, or there might be some reason to go and look at those coaches. Now, I'm not saying that a coach is going to go and hire his buddy, but familiarity does help and familiarity does matter in these cases. And you want people that you know are going to be on the same page and be in sync with each other. Now, it doesn't always happen like that, and I would expect any GM to go and do exhaustive interviews for a head coach. I would imagine that that's going to be a requirement after kind of what happened with Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia. But I still believe that that is important for there to be some sort of synergy with a GM and a head coach, especially if you're hiring a guy who is in his first time in both being a GM and a first time head coach. If you're going to maybe hire a guy with more experience in one area or the other, then I think you can be a little bit more kind of open. But that's just, again, my opinion. So the Ed Dodds kind of ties. He has ties to Robert Sala from Sala's time in Seattle. And again, you're going to hear his name a good amount. He has ties to Nick Sirianni, the offensive coordinator in Indianapolis, who we talked about, and Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator from Indianapolis that we talked about on Monday's podcast. He also has ties with... Daryl Bevel, the current Lions interim head coach. So if Bevel, say, makes a big run here, like let's just say I don't expect it to happen, but let's just say they go undefeated, they make the playoffs, and somehow win a game, and they decide to keep Daryl Bevel. Well, maybe they would ask Bevel, well, who do you work well with? And Ed Dodds at least has worked with him. And again, that's going to be a theme through a lot of these people. It wasn't done purposely. That just happens to be because Daryl Bevel's worked at a lot of places that were successful. And then the other person he has ties to that I don't necessarily think would be a 
serious candidate, but he's a name that could get tossed around if you wanted to go that experienced route, like I was talking about, is Dan Quinn. They they work together, obviously, in Seattle as well. The next guy is Trent Kirshner, the Seattle Vice President of Player Personnel. He worked his way up from a scouting intern in Seattle. He went to Washington, not the state, the football team, to do college scouting. He was in Carolina for seven years as a pro scout, and then he's been in Seattle for the last decade. He was a name, if you remember, when they hired Bob Quinn five years ago that was somebody it seemed like the Lions were interested in talking to, and it just kind of never really got very far, I think because Ernie Accorsi's group and Rod and Martha and Sheila really honed in on Bob Quinn early on. But it might be worth poking around on him again. Seattle's continued to have success. He is a former college quarterback. He did play at St. John's, Minnesota. And his ties... Like Ed Dodds, the names are familiar. Robert Sala, Daryl Bevel, Dan Quinn. Scott Fitterer, Seattle Vice President of Football Operations, is the next candidate to really briefly look at. He's a former minor league baseball player. He actually pitched three seasons in the Blue Jays organization out of LSU. He was also a college quarterback at UCLA. He's been with Seattle for almost two decades. And I, I don't know how much time I would want to spend on Scott Fitterer because of this. He's from Seattle. So if he and his family are comfortable there and he works well with John Schneider, even though it's tough to see him kind of getting a GM job unless John Schneider were to leave at this point and, and get that job there, there's something to say about being where you are and being comfortable in where you are. So if he is that, then I could see it being really hard to pry him away from the Seahawks, a place where there is definite stability and there has been a lot of success. Now, he did work for the Giants a little bit after his baseball career ended, so it's not like he's just been with the Seahawks. He's handled both pro and college scouting, like Trent Kirshner, because they've worked together and they continue to kind of work in tandem. They're a large part of their draft success over the years. Fitter has been in multiple systems. All of that said... To me, I think that's a bit of a, a tougher one, unless he wants to leave Seattle and have a new opportunity, which is entirely possible. But he's been there a long time. His ties, same, obviously, as Trent Kirshner's. They've been essentially in the same spot with Sala, Bevel, and Quinn. The next guy is John Dorsey, who currently doesn't have a job, and he has experience, however. And would the Lions give him a third chance to be a general manager after Kansas City and Cleveland? I don't know. But he has a pretty good track record of at least drafting talent and making teams better from a personnel standpoint. Because he was responsible for a lot of moves that were made to bring the Browns back from their 0-16 hole, including drafting Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, and Nick Chubb. He, orchest he helped orchestrate the trades for Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. So you look at that offense and you look at kind of the talent that is there and that a lot of that was John Dorsey. So, also, if you want a guy that can shake it up and really maybe make some big moves, John Dorsey is your guy. In Kansas City, he helped draft Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. So, he's obviously got a really good eye for offensive talent coming out of college, which is a good thing as I think the Lions, at least in the receiver core, will need to have some sort of overhaul and... Again, when it comes to quarterbacks, as he's drafted two guys who are pretty good and obviously one guy who is incredibly good. He was Green Bay's director of college scouting when the Packers took Aaron Rodgers and Clay Matthews. So he can find talent. Now, he's not perfect, obviously, because 
you know, he's lost jobs twice. And he obviously made the massive, massive error of promoting Freddie Kitchens to the head coaching position after or keeping him rather after he became the interim head coach like that obviously was a complete disaster in a one and done situation so you know there is some level of concern there but if you're looking for a guy who's experienced to maybe pair with somebody who isn't as experienced as a head coach or if you want to just try to go total experience he might be a guy to look at now guys he potentially has ties with Eric Bieniemy. Doug Peterson, again, Daryl Bevel, Todd Monken, although, you know, I haven't heard his name all that much at this point. So those are guys, and again, we don't know what the relationships are with Dorsey and those people, but at least they've worked together at some point in the same organization, so there's some sort of conversation there. The next guy is Reggie McKenzie, Miami's senior personnel executive. You probably know him better as the general manager for the Oakland Raiders from 2012 to 2018. McKenzie has a bunch of experience. Now, here's the thing with the Raiders. He only had one winning season during his time as general manager, so that's obviously a major red flag. He was also with the Packers, though, like John Dorsey, for a long time. He was director of football ops from 2008 to 2011. He's worked in pro personnel. He's been at Miami with Brian Flores the past couple of years, helping them rebuild there. And obviously, we've seen what they've done in a very short period of time. So there could be very large positives for Reggie McKenzie, especially if you want someone with experience. Although, to me, that Oakland situation would be something that would be a red flag pretty quickly. Who does he have ties to? He's got ties to Dennis Allen, but that did not go well. Dennis Allen's now New, uh, New Orleans' defensive coordinator. But that did not go well when Dennis Allen was the head coach. They lost a ton, as I mentioned. Only one winning season, and that was not under Dennis Allen. And like everybody else, he has a connection with Daryl Bevel. Next guy up is Joe Hortiz, Baltimore's director of player personnel. He's been in Baltimore forever, kind of like Scott Fitterer, but he's not from Baltimore to my knowledge. He's been there like a quarter century, though. He's worked all his way all the way up from being a personnel assistant under Ozzie Newsom when he got there to being one of Eric DaCosta, the new GM's right-hand people. Now, here's the thing. DaCosta's not going anywhere anytime soon, so if Joe Hortiz wants to be a general manager, he's going to have to do it somewhere else, kind of in some ways like Trent Kirshner and Scott Fitterer at this point. He spent 10 years running college scouting. Before that, he was a regional scout. Before he became director of player personnel for Baltimore, his ties are to Wink Martindale, the current defensive coordinator in Baltimore, Leslie Frazier, Greg Roman, Brian Billick, Marvin Lewis. So if you wanted to pair maybe an experienced head coach with a guy who has never been a full GM before, he might be your guy, especially if you want to hire, say, Leslie Frazier, or if you want to give Marvin Lewis another shot. Brian Billick's been out of coaching for a while, but I figure it was worth at least throwing him in as, like, he has ties to him. And another guy he does have ties to, who we talked about in the front part of this podcast, is Jim Caldwell. Now, again, I don't see Jim Caldwell coming back to Detroit. I don't think that that's something that would make a lot of sense as good as Jim Caldwell maybe was in Detroit, like times have changed. That whole roster has changed. And, you know, and I liked hearing some of the things that Caldwell talked about, but again, that would be, that'll be a really curious decision by (laughs) Sheila and Rod if they went that direction, but figure at least mention, you know, there is that connection there with him. 
The next guy is Dan Morgan, the Buffalo Director of Player Personnel. He is a former player. He's a former very good player as a linebacker for the Carolina Panthers for seven seasons. He was a first-round pick in 2001 out of Miami. And he started in the Seattle system with a bunch of these guys. He handled pro scouting, advanced scouting. To me, he's an intriguing potential name that I think isn't being talked about a ton right now. Uh, But I think he could be worth at least exploring if I am the Lions. He has ties with Daryl Bevel, Dan Quinn, Robert Sala, Brian Dable, and Leslie Frazier. Brian Dable, the Buffalo offensive coordinator. Leslie Frazier, by the way, the the Buffalo defensive coordinator at the moment. But Brian Dable is a name that also has been a pretty talked about name. It would be really interesting if Dable ended up getting this job because he is really good friends with Matt Patricia. And he was a guy that people thought maybe could have even been Patricia's offensive coordinator when he came here. You wonder what would have happened if that potentially had occurred. Although, obviously, we know that the issues that Matt Patricia had were mostly on defense and not on offense. But Brian Dable is another name on the coaching side to look at, even though I don't believe we talked about him much on Monday. The next guy is Champ Kelly, Chicago's assistant director of player personnel. Obviously, the Bears are not doing great things at the moment, but the Florida native did go to Kentucky. He's worked his way up through the player personnel department in Denver and then Chicago. He also did a little college scouting for the Broncos. He was an agent for a while, so he understands that sort of thing. He has a brief experience as a GM in the very, very minor leagues of the United Indoor Football with the Lexington Horsemen, a team he also played for. He also has had jobs outside of football. He worked at IBM while he was playing for the Lexington Horsemen as a software slash quality engineer. He has ties to Wink Martindale from Denver and Dennis Allen also from Denver. The next guy is Brian Gain, who's Buffalo's senior personnel executive. He does have some GM experience, although it was in Houston, but it also was with Bill O'Brien, who ended up clearly wanting power, and Bill O'Brien won that power struggle. He worked his way up, though, on the pro personnel side over and over and over again. Lost his job in that power struggle with Bill O'Brien. He has said Bill Parcells is a major influence in his life, which means that this is something to think of, too. For the current scouting staff, that could be a smoother transition because the Parcells-Belichick way of kind of scouting is something that was brought to the Lions. So it could be a similar evaluation system, potentially, but we don't know how that's changed and how that's differentiated necessarily. But that's also something to consider, although that's not a reason to hire a general manager. That's just an added perk. He's worked in a variety of places. He was with the Jets as a scout. He was with Dallas, Miami, Houston, and Buffalo. So he's seen a bunch of different places, a bunch of different organizations. He's seen what's worked, what hasn't. He also does have that some experience as general manager, even though it was only for a short period of time in a couple of years. So he has ties to Brian Dable, Leslie Frazier, Anthony Weaver, who's the Texans defensive coordinator, Dan Campbell, the New Orleans assistant head coach and the former interim head coach in Miami that we talked about yesterday, the line, who played for the Lions briefly, Todd Bowles, who's defensive coordinator in Tampa and obviously could potentially be a candidate as well. And I don't know exactly what his ties are, if they are anything strong to Nathaniel Hackett, the Green Bay offensive coordinator, but he did work in the same organization as Hackett's dad, Paul Hackett. So you would think that maybe there's at least some familiarity there 
with that. And Nathaniel Hack is a name that we did not talk about uh, really at all on Monday, but he's another guy that could potentially get a look just quickly on him. He is 40 years old. He obviously has some pedigree from his dad who, you know, at this point, I think you know who his dad is. In Paul Hackett, who's coached in college and the NFL. Nathaniel Hackett's been around. He coached in college at UC Davis and Stanford. And he's been in the NFL at Tampa and Buffalo and Jacksonville and Green Bay. He was the offensive coordinator in Jacksonville when they actually made the AFC title game. He also coached at Syracuse briefly for a few years. He was the OC for a couple years in 11 and 12. He was the quarterback's coach in 2010. So he could be a, a sneaky name to watch. I don't think a lot of people are talking about right now, but obviously we're talking about GMs today. Just, again, another name to potentially pay attention to. The next GM candidate, however, is Mike Borgonzi, Kansas City Director of Football Operations. You're probably going to hear his name a lot because – a lot of people at least seem to think that wherever Eric Bieniemy goes, he could end up going and being the exec. He's been with the Chiefs for a long time. Since 2009, he started out as Titans coach at Amherst. And he was a recruiting coordinator at Boston College. He worked his way up solely through the Chiefs in football ops and then through scouting to his current role the past three years as director of football ops. He's more well-versed on the pro side of things than on the college side based off of his resume. And much like a couple of other guys, the Seattle guys, even though he's been particularly fitterer, um, even though he's been in one organization the entire time, he has worked under three different general managers. So there's been some exposure to different styles of management, different styles of scouting, which could be helpful for him. The, pl- the guys he potentially has ties to are Biennemi, Doug Peterson, Brian Dable, and Nick Sirianni. The next couple of guys are guys who don't work in the NFL at the moment, but you're probably very familiar with them because they're the TV contingent. And I think that considering the success that Mike Mayhawk and John Lynch have had, I think you're going to hear these names a lot. I don't know if they get interviews. I don't know if they end up landing a gig, but they're two of the more popular names out there. Lewis Riddick's a name that's been out there for a while. He's obviously an ESPN analyst. And, you know, I, I think the world of Lewis Riddick, he gives smart, opinionated takes. He has the background in personnel, though, so he has worked in front offices for a decent amount of time. He was a scout and a director of pro personnel in Washington. He was a scout and director of pro personnel in Philadelphia. He also played for a while, kind of bouncing around the league to a few different teams. So when you see him on TV, when you see that name out there, it's not just that he's an ESPN analyst who talks, who, who speaks about the game really well and is so knowledgeable about it. But he, he does have experience in the front office. He has expressed an interest before about jumping back into the league if the situation were right. This could be a scenario to me where if he gets paired with an experienced head coach, that could work well, which brings me to the ties that he has. He has worked in area in places where Doug Peterson has been, where Todd Bowles has been, where Arthur Smith has been, who is a name that hasn't come up a lot, but you know is going to be another hot candidate in this coaching cycle. And Marvin Lewis I, there have been rumors that, and it's been reported a couple of places that I think maybe he'd bring Josh McDaniels in, and 
you would wonder from the Lions' perspective if that would be kind of a non-starter because of the experience they just had with Matt Patricia and how things went for Josh McDaniels when he was a head coach in Denver, although sometimes people learn the second time around. But that's just, again, something to consider. And there's been no – like, Lewis Riddick hasn't come out and said that. That's just something that has been talked about on the Internet. So it's not clear exactly what that looks like there. The next guy is Daniel Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network. To me, he'd be the biggest unknown out there. But there's no question he knows what he's talking about. He knows his stuff. He understands the college scouting game. He understands how to do it. It's Mike Mayock's replacement on the NFL Network. He's focused largely on the draft. He did work in scouting with Baltimore, Cleveland, and Philadelphia early on in his career. To me, he'd be an interesting and out-of-the-box choice, which, like we talked about, there's been some precedent of that working well with Mayock and with John Lynch. To me, the Lions would need to really surround him with experienced football people, like Lynch really was in San Francisco with, of course, Martin Mayhew and Adam Peters. Adam Peters would be the next guy on my list. He's in his 18th year in the NFL He's the vice president of player personnel for the 49ers. He was with the Niners for four. He's been with the Niners for four years. He spent eight years with Denver from 2009 to 2016. He's had a bunch of different roles in college scouting as a national scout. Obviously, now he's working in player personnel. He did work with the Patriots from 2003 to 2008. So that was as a scouting assistant. So there obviously would be some familiarity there with the system that they currently run, potentially in Detroit as far as scouting goes. Again, another interesting candidate. I haven't heard a lot of his name, but right now, I mean, you look at what San Francisco's done and how they've been built, and that would potentially be intriguing. Now, obviously, there would be a connection to Sala there as a tie, as a potential tie-in. So McDaniels will be another guy, potentially as a tie-in and you know just again another guy to potentially watch as we're just kind of vetting through that first list of names obviously martin mayhew has worked in san francisco as well i can't see much like we were talking about jim caldwell earlier on this podcast i can't see them bringing martin mayhew back although i will say a couple of words here stumping that i think martin mayhew should get another shot at being a general manager, I think when you look back at what he did and how he drafted, I, I think he did a pretty good job. And that was, and he obviously did a really good job in the free agency piece when you look back at it. And Mayhew was in a really tough spot for a lot of reasons. One, taking over an 0-16 team. Two, if you remember, that they changed kind of the, the cap hits for rookies. So... The Lions were saddled with a lot of that early on with Stafford and with Calvin and with Sue. So it was a little bit different when you're working on rookie contracts than it is now for general managers. So it changed that strategy a little bit. So you look at some of that and you say, well, all right. But I don't know. I mean, Mayhew took the Lions from, you know, the depths of, of being really terrible to respectability and if you look at the last full season that they had, obviously they had maybe the best season the Lions have had in two decades with Jim Caldwell and with Martin Mayhew. Then we know how they started in 2015 and that led to him being fired. So 
again, I do not think that Martin Mayhew would be back here by any stretch of the imagination. But if you're a fan of another team and you're listening to this, Martin Mayhew would be a guy maybe your team should potentially look at because I think that, like I said, whether it's this year or a year down the road, he probably deserves another shot. So that is the quick breakdown of some general manager candidates. Obviously, they're probably much less known to you than the head coaching candidates. Uh, And we're going to be obviously doing some deep dives here on some of these candidates here as we go, as maybe we start to hear some more information about certain certain guys and interest level, yay or nay. And yeah, it's going to be an interesting ride over the next month or so. That's for sure. And hopefully you will stay with us throughout all of it. want to thank you all for listening. As always, want to thank my sponsors again, Bet Online, and indeed want to thank Blue Wire Podcasts for hosting this podcast. If you can, be so kind, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast because Listen, it's going to be, like I said, a wild ride with a lot of stuff going on, especially as we get closer to the end of the season. You can follow me also on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rothstein. And don't forget to check out all of my work over at ESPN.com. And with that, we will talk with you tomorrow.